0: What is up, asymmetry? How y'all doing? Oh my goodness! This quest to kind of document bonsai history in the West—you know, as youthful as the movement is, especially in North America—has uh, led us down a very circuitous path. And along the way, getting to talk to these legends, these OGs of bonsai, has shed so much light on the backstory and history that I had come to understand in my apprenticeship. And we're bringing you a big one today because Joe Harris was one of the original North American bonsai practitioners to go to Japan and engage in a very formalized apprenticeship. Uh, getting to sit down with Joe and talk about his apprenticeship in the 80s when Omiya Bonsai Village was at its peak, where the bubble period of Japan was fueling the, the rise and thriving of bonsai culture. And to get to know more about Joe's experience as a bonsai apprentice at that time uh, and to understand his trickle-down lineage from the Hamano Tojuin School of Bonsai, which also created Masahiko Kimura and his lineage of apprentices. Joe and I recognize we actually share a lot in common. Uh, an incredibly enlightening and engaging discussion with this man. Thank you, Joe, for your openness and willingness to share your experience. Sit back, relax, and dig into some history, y'all. Uh, Joe Harris, everybody. This is a a goyo from Tochigi.
1: Um, I'm not sure where this was from. I mean, this is Kimura's yeah. book. Yeah, so yeah, I'm uh, you know, but this was the you know the type of goyo matsu that was really my teacher loved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the you know not so much the bark, but the but the gin. To, you know, to for snow load and insect, and so, you know, mechanical damage. Right. And just a really powerful muscular trunk with a really soft foliage.
0: Right, 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 It's right. really,
1: you know, th- to me, this is someone asked me when I came back, you know, what is bone saw? Actually, before I left too. And my, you know, after four years, uh, bonsai is, you know, how to get, bonsai is wiring. Wiring is bonsai. That's, because if you know how to wire, when you pick, if you can pick up a piece of wire, the pruning, the cultural care, everything else, you know, is a given. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So that is, uh, but, then Goyomatsu is, you know, to me, is so It always has been, uh, even seeing the grafted Miyajima, um, five needles that Bruss brought in that you know, grafted on black pine yeah. for the lower, uh, lower trunk. But it's, you know, this is, um, when I saw that, I hadn't looked at this book in a long time, and I brought it in for a funny story that um, I don't know if we'll get if you really want to hear it or not. But
0: um. I absolutely want to hear it. <laughs> I, I absolutely want to hear it because here's the thing: even when you're talking about wiring, you're still using the Japanese terminology as your natural. As the leading you were gonna say "How are yeah, yeah, right yeah. like yeah, this yeah. is so interesting, it's deeply embedded in you
1: oh yeah it it was uh <clears throat> pound in very hard um <laughs> but um you know, for you know the fog needle, this is very difficult to get to this stage yeah. it takes a lot of work um so it it's it's the challenge of it as much as you know the you know actually doing it is getting it nice you know big trunk short compact mm-hmm. um so it's really the challenge of doing it and even though you know the big uh you know, Yamadori or the collected Shimpaku or or uh Tosho, you know, they're more visibly striking. This is harder to do. This mm-hmm. is, you know, the in so the people who who really know, you know, this is uh, this is something um going to uh the reason I brought this book in.
0: This is the second, this is part two of the three-part, sort of the old-school, vintage Masahiko Kimura, the magician, the magical technician of contemporary bonsai. Wow. And,
1: and, um, you know, when I was in Japan, you know, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit, um, but, you know, he was the... Even when I asked my teacher who's the best, it was Kimura. Mm-hmm. You know, idea that was, you know, he, you know. of course that's the first thing he said, Kanga, you know, the idea, Kimura's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wanted to meet him, but you just don't, it's like, oh, I'm going to take off and go to somebody else's shop. That right. didn't happen. Um, but in 1989, I had just had my... You know, I had a cultural visa to study bonsai in Japan, which um, was unusual Mm -hmm. uh, because they don't really consider it a cultural art art to to qualify. And uh, in one reason, I didn't stay for the fifth year. Uh, I just gotten my final uh, stamp in my passport. And there was a antique uh, Chinese pot show at the Green Club in in Tokyo. And um, I really wanted to go to it, you know, because at the time, you know these were you know crazy prices and um, in really great pots. And to see them all in one place, I wanted to wanted to get that. And so I went by myself, and Bonesaw today had just put out its second edition. <laughs> and I took it with me to read on the train. And so um, when I got there, uh, you know, recognized a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, n was dealing wheeling and dealing in pots and Mr. Kato was in you know, just brushing by and um and I saw Kimura by himself mm. standing outside and um uh, I got up the courage uh to go talk to him and I had the fence out a day which you know has this great old Koyomatsu and this Kode really old uh pipe. pot. Right. so I went up and introduced myself and and I <clears throat> had the magazine and the, you know this this coday and he oh yeah, very you know very good pot it it was really, really nice to me, and he you know was kind of curious who I was and why I was there, and I explained what I was doing I'd been in kanuma and and finished my apprenticeship, and i'm was going home and he said, you need to come and visit. And I was okay. Thank you very much. And when I got back, I asked uh, my teacher, I asked how son, if I could, you know, could go. And he, he thought it was good. He was surprised actually. And um, he said I could go. And I went and talked to the chief editor of the publishing company Mm. who was you know who owned the the park and everything and he called Mr. Kimura and and set up the meeting and so we went down which was just you know great day one of the day you know remember forever and um, we saw the trees went through the garden and we went to have tea. His wife brought out, you know, uh, tea and, and something to eat. It was, you know, really great. And we talked a little bit uh, about what I had done, who Hashimoto son was, and, you know, where he had been. And, um, and Mr. Kimura went and got um, both books, but he, he started in on this one. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a test. And it was. <laughs> and so he we went through the trees and he asked me, Do you like? Which is a very loaded question. That's
0: a very challenging <laughs> question right there.
1: And so I, I tried my best, and um, you know, what I liked, what I didn't like. And then he got to a tree. And he he actually passed it up a couple of times. And he, he went back to it, and he went through and just was looking and pointing. And he got to this page, and he turned it on the table to me. It's like, do you like? And... Uh, before i realized what i was saying mm. i said is it ikebana <laughs> <laughs> okay so i look over to my left and mr kosugi had his head in his uh between his knees <laughs> and uh, and then I'd, I'd actually realized what i'd actually said and uh kimura didn't skip a beat he howled (laughs) he thought it was the funniest thing anybody had ever said
0: that's amazing
1: but um and he understood yeah i think this is uh an insane sculpture and um this is i mean unequaled but you know it was uh you know really the what he was doing in bonsai, especially in the '80s, compared to the traditional ideas that you know I was—I lived day to day. But it was—it was one of the funniest things. And when he uh, came to Memphis in '92, he remembered me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah been, the guy
0: who, the guy who thought yakute was ikebana yeah, right yeah
1: um
0: yeah well, it's, the, it's the yeah yeah it's it's, it's the reso so joe's showing me a picture of the resurrection tree yes
1: this is um
0: very famous mr Kimura piece of work yes, maybe maybe the maybe one of be, two or three the, trees the, that the, really put him on the international map as the yes premier innovative avant-garde artist of bonsai
1: yes Um, i don't really know how maybe you're better at describing this
0: i think yeah i think most people because this was in Kramura the magician which was this it was this particular part two of the three-part japanese published series that they translated into english right Mm -hmm. and this was i think the piece that everybody had the hardest time understanding because it had been a piece of Yamadori that had been collected irresponsibly and had no root. And he flipped it upside down and got a portion of the living branches to root. But then he just, I feel like this was his carving come to full fruition, the culmination of a lot of other mechanical work that he had done where he really treated the Deadwood as a sculpture.
1: It is. It it really is. And, and I didn't, you know, when I, I didn't mean it as a insult as much as, you know, this is sculpture. This Uh is, you know, um, you know, if it didn't have this live portion, it would still be.
0: Yeah. uh, Just as an artistic piece of work. work, Right. right, Right. But the fact that the foliage mass, he got it to root or, you know, there's, I'll tell you, there's a whole number of different discussions around this tree that uh, that exists in the bonsai world amongst Mr. Kimura's apprentices, this has always been, Gyakute has always been a very, very uh, iconic tree any, for anybody coming to visit Mr. Kimura, getting to uh, handle the deadwood, wash paint, wire style, work with this tree for an apprentice of Mr. Kimura was not... Not you no Mai special, but really pretty, pretty stinking close, you know? I mean, as far as, like, uh, the way that he established himself. But that is uh, pretty epic that you asked him if it was Ikebana. Yeah. <laughs> so, the fact that he laughed, that's a good sign.
1: Yeah, it's... Uh, I think he... I don't think he took it as the insult that... Mr. Kusugi knew it was, but it was you know I wasn't you know it wasn't I didn't mean it, in with any disrespect, but sure. it was just it was so different than uh. than what traditional bonsai and it's it's what you know what Mr. Kimura brought to the bone saw community right you know with the you know not everybody says power tools but just the ideas that he had and how he did it you know the power tools were you know the tool you know the tool to do it with but it was the idea that was just so amazing
0: right yeah the power tool was not the innovation it was just an instrument to be able to facilitate the innovation of his concepts
1: yeah i think more i think a lot is played and i think he's he's played it maybe a little too with the revving up and but you know i think a, a lot more has been made of you know it's just you know the the power tool aspect of of his work it's the idea the tools just doing it yeah uh, yeah
0: so the interesting thing, I mean, the amazing thing. So you studied with Mr. Hashimoto from 1986 to basically 1990. Yes. Okay. And then you came back to the United States and you had started working with Brussels Martin prior to going to Japan.
1: Yeah. I would actually was child labor for Brussels. I went to, um, <clears throat> he was a friend of my family's. Um, he actually w- was uh it's a it still is a good friend of my brother and grew up uh we grew up two two doors down from Brussels. And when Brussels started his nursery back in the 70s, um he had rented a nursery uh east of Memphis, and then he had a um area in his parents' backyard with the show garden for customers to come in. And we actually did a lot of the shipping early on, we did a lot of shipping out of his out of the house. And uh I started working for Brussels, I think it was the summer of 76. And I went out and uh started, you know, rooting cuttings and pruning and mm. mixing soil up in wheelbarrows. And you're
0: a 10, 11, uh, like yeah, yeah,
1: okay. 11 ish. Uh, yeah. So, you know, pretty, pretty young. Um, and I remember, you know, we were doing cuttings, uh, striking cuttings and the big uh, sand bench. And I was paid piece labor, you know, like a half a penny a cutting. And I think I started making too much money. So it went to like a dollar fifty, two $2 an hour after that. Um, but uh I'd worked, you know, br- with Bruss, you know, after school on the weekends, so I would go out and help. Um, I've moved um away from Memphis in the late 70s, 78, 79, but I returned uh in 1980 mm. and then finished high school in Memphis and went um was actually at Tennessee, which is now Tennessee Tech, uh and was st- going into civil engineering, and but I'd still worked with Brussels, you know, part time. And then in 1985, uh, this uh, the fall of 1985, um, there was a con- Bone size Societies of Florida convention in Hollywood, Florida, and we had a booth at the a vendor booth at the show. So I drove uh, the truck down. Um, I don't know if I don't know if Bruss was there or not. I can't remember. Mm. Um, but he they had um, signed me up for a workshop with John Naka, who was the he- headliner. And of course, I'd known John and Benoki from you know being Brussels, um, and Mister uh, and John Naka's uh, had a friend from Japan, Kinko Rokaku who was the president of Gekon Sasuke Publishing Company in Kanuma City, Japan, that uh, published a monthly magazine on Satsuki, the Satsuki Dictionary, along with a a different line um, that dealt with alpine wildflowers. And so Mr. Okaku was there uh, to take pictures of American bonsai you know, to for his magazine, and I think John and and Mister Okaku had known each other for a long time. They had uh, d- they had done bonsai techniques for Sasuke, Satsuki um, with uh, Richard Oda, and um, you know, so they they were they were buddies, and so I. Uh, went and did the workshop and Mr. Okaku came over to help me with the trees and uh, you know, his English was okay, spoke no Japanese and you know, more or less still don't (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, so we were uh, working on the tree and the next day we went to Mary Madison's house to see her Buttonwood collection. Mm. And um, which was phenomenal. Uh collected Buttonwoods just and this was before the hurricane, and it was you know, Andrew, it was great. Um, and Mr. Okaku and I started looking at the trees and critiquing. And um later that night, um, I think he was leaving. I saw him in the hall and I think we had both, um, been in the lounge <laughs> and he he stated in broken English, you know, you come my, my park, you make study bonsai hmm. and which was just floored me. And so in the morning I found John Naka and, I explain what had happened and he said yes mr okaku wants you to come to japan to study bonsai and his you know his master at the park will teach you bonsai wow and which i was you know you can imagine how i felt then uh it took a few months for to make the decision and and to get things lined out and i went um, went to Japan, February of 86.
0: Wow. Now, did you working with Brussels through sort of your teen years, you leave Memphis, you come back, you're working there as a high schooler. And even as a collegiate student, are you still working with Brussels? Did you want to do bonsai professionally? Was that what you where your mind was at? I
1: knew I always was going to be involved in it. Uh-huh. To do it professionally, I I didn't know where I was really headed. Right. Um, and and part of the the you know several months in you know b- between Mister Okaku's offer and me accepting it, you know was you know is this really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. And um, it was. It was a uh, a decision I don't regret at all. Um, I had no idea what was. I thought I was going to bonsai school.
0: Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Um, just like college, but for bonsai. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we we'll get into that. Um, (laughs) So, um, you know, my my father was in the Army Air Corps in World War II in the Pacific Theater. and, you know, me going to live in Japan, you know, it, he was, he was fine with it, but it was, uh, it was something that, you know, I learned a lot about, uh, the, how things were back in World War II. Yeah. And, um. Complex. It was. Whoa. know, and, and You know, it was, and, you know, and the people I met in Japan, you know, that were, stationed with any you know and aircraft guns, you know, trying to shoot down the planes. Yeah. You know, it was interesting conversations, but um it was all always uh always positive, you know, going forward wow. and what had happened. But um so when I got to japan um you know got to the airport i actually was able mr okaku was in california and i actually flew on the same plane upstairs on a big 47 um sitting across the aisle from him
0: geez i've always wanted to fly on the upper deck that's i've never gotten to do that
1: and my father was uh i don't know how he got me up there but um it (laughs) it impressed mr okaku um, so we were taken back, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, from the airport, from Narita up to Kanuma. And, um, uh, I was, you know, thought I would just landed in a spaceship, you know, driving through all the, you know, pachinko parlors and the lights and everything. Right. It was just a, a surreal, um, surreal night. And then the next morning, um, I got to get up and and see where I was. And it was just incredible. Um, You know, the Bonesaw Park uh, was around 30 acres. Uh, It was a park devoted to bonsai. Um, You know, we mostly Satsuki azaleas, uh, probably 70% Satsuki. And um, then we had five show houses that, You know, we had shows uh, with trees, satsuki and bonsai from all over Japan come in. Um, But that first morning, uh, Russell Coker from Fort Walton Beach, Florida, had been at the park for close to a year or so before I'd gotten there. And so it wasn't, um, you know, I had someone to help me with the ropes, you know, getting getting going. And, um, Russell is a great guy. We, you know, um, sometimes oil and water, but we were, you know, great guy, great technique. Um, yeah, he, he left too soon, but, um, we, um, he, he gave me enough, um, enough advice to keep me out of big trouble right
0: right right (laughs) um to be super enough advice to not be super dangerous (laughs) not to be super dangerous
1: so i went into uh to meet Hashimoto, and he was across the street from the park we had um uh probably 10 greenhouses across the street from the park and his workshop at the time was in the back um and so I walked in and I, I did find out that they didn't tell him I was coming um, until I might have been on the plane. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a couple of days, heads up. So he, he was
0: really excited. Now, did he know that Russell was leaving?
1: No, no. Russell it didn't leave. It, Russell wasn't – Russell left oh, – was might have been a year. I think Russell was there close to two years, maybe a year and a half. I'd have to.
0: So you guys were there together for a while, an extended. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh, it was. Great. And did he speak Japanese?
1: Um Better than I did. Okay. Not not fluently, but um he helped me with a lot of words, and especially the the kanji that they use for the Satsuki azalea names right. is, is, and you know, it, it's archaic mm-hmm. and. So I had to learn and memorize a lot of kanji and he helped me with that. Cause you know, we would change um we would change trees, pedestals, and everything had to have its name. Right. You know, especially in the show houses. So we, you know, it was it was great. Um so when I met Hashimoto-san, he had um gone and got a small satsuki azalea to give me to to wire. And you know, kind of a test, and so I spent a couple of hours, you know, um, butchering the poor little <laughs> Satsuki, and he looked at it, and you know, the first of the the grunts, and um he, one of the few compliments I, I you get, um, is that. You show some potential. And that was about it on the compliments for at least two years.
0: <laughs> Your first day. <laughs>
1: um, but the wiring on the Satsuki, you know, we'll talk about that a little later. But the the it was a great to have so many trees to work on. Um, it was very difficult to wire. We, you know, I started off with aluminum, um, you know, we, you know, always used copper, of course he could, he was incredible. Um, but you know, we're, you have to get the wire in the right place or you're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. You can't bend the branch and Satsuki are brittle. So it's kind of an instant grading system on your <laughs> technique. Which caused my teacher uh, endless hours of amusement, Uh, but uh, you know the you know on the more serious side. The first day, his daughters had given him a little uh, dictionary trans you know translation book, and he looked up in the book and he called me over and he pointed to it. And said, "You are a thief." And you know, I was 20 years old, first day in Japan, and my teachers, you know, showing me this, and I, you know, I had some issues with it, and they had to uh, get Mr. Kasugi to come out to to help with the translation. Russell wasn't available. And it basically, you have to be a thief. You have to steal my technique and you have to watch. And if you ask questions, you weren't watching. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't watching, you're wasting my time and you need to go home. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. was, that was the first day. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't, you know, mean, just, he was just firm, hard. Um, but it was, you know, no, no nonsense. You had to, uh, you had to accept that. And so, you know, I started learning the score, um, you know, what was expected. Um, the second day we had, um, he was in the house next door and he was repotting a big um Miyama Kurishima, uh Tsuchiji, which is a, a Japanese wild mountain in this area. And we had a large collection of Yamadori Miyama Kurishima. It was amazing. Mm. And it was a big tree and he was repotting. And I walked in and I was just, you know, you know, dumbstruck by how massive it was. And and he looked over and yelled and grunted, and I had no idea what was going on. And the his assistant, uh, kanaka son, which was an old an old satsuki expert with a long gray beard, we called him goat. And he grabbed my hand and pulled me over into the other house and got Hashimoto's son's tools and put them in my hand and took me back over. And so he needed his tools. you weren't paying attention, right, and Kanaka's son really helped me with interpreting um, you know what the ins and outs and the what was expected of me um, which was it was. You know, not the bone saw school I thought I was going to. Right.
0: <laughs> they weren't just serving you up the information for yes, you to yeah. learn and become capable. You, you were... So, so Hashimoto-san... Excuse me. Who was the goat? Uh, Kaneko-san. Kaneko-san. Kaneko-san was basically showing you how to become an apprentice. He, w- he really helped. He was, he was breaking down the cultural servitude that you had committed to without knowing... Yes. Uh huh.
1: And, you know, and I, I brought up, you know, it wasn't really indentured servitude, but I've brought, brought that up a couple of times. Um, um, it's Russell and
0: Conoco Um Amazing. Oh my gosh. A picture of young joe harris holding satsuki that yes. in a very pricey pot by yes, the way that shide was really very, very pricey yeah
1: and that that is a uh kozon. That that's actually a, a fairly famous tree wow. wow the last last time i saw it the um president of what of tochi tochi no hashobo I, I have to look the name up um the Gekon Sasuki, uh had sold and changed names and the president of that company owns, owned that tree uh the last time i was in japan
0: uh-huh when 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 was that when were you there last time? oh
1: it's been about at least ten years okay yeah it's been okay. a while yeah um so um you know The so the second day probably went a lot a little worse than the first day, right? Um, and then you know, things it was uh, it it took a a long time to get my head wrapped around. You know, I never even considered going home, but it um, and I could have done it with a phone call, yeah, but it was not, you know, the whole time I was there, I never, ever considered it, even though I had some rough times, you know, I had to call John Naka a couple of times, but, um, you had to humble yourself. You had to prove that you wanted to learn what, you know, your Oyakata had to offer. And, um, you know, we, we had, um, maybe, you know, to start, um, you know, what the park offered, you know, we were you know, as, compare, as compared to a, a, a shop in Omea or, or a, a bone saw shop, we were a museum with a, a large uh, assorted collection that we were open to the public. And, you know, we would have 200 cars and 40 buses in the parking lot. Jeez. And um, we had three restaurants in the park. Uh, a large uh, cafeteria and then a, a soba restaurant with a big thatched roof that we made our own soba and you know another 10 years we would have gotten good at it um and then we had a really you know, nice restaurant on the other side of the park but you know i watered you know every day you know and we had. Hundreds and hundreds of trees on display outside on pedestals, and then the show houses. We watered after the park closed. Um, took took the trees down and put them on milk crates, beer crates, and on clay floors, and and watered. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, part of what I experienced was um, a lot different than like what you went through at at a a shop that you had customers. And it was a different dynamic, I think. Um, um, But I was very fortunate, you know, to have, because I'd always loved Satsuki Azalea. Um, And I always considered them bonsai. Um, And not all Japanese bonsai, professionals considered right, bonsai. Right. But um, it was, a it, you know, had the best of both worlds, bonsai. And my teacher was a fog needle pine as a spruce expert, uh, specialist in that. And he really applied bonsai techniques to Sasuke. And that's what he taught me because, you know, he, he, when you're looking at Satsuki, naturally it's a, globose shrub. Right. But you're trying you're training it to look like to emulate a five noodle pine, basically. You, you with all the different styles from the um, lower mountains with you know formal upright uh, to you know big shizen moyo, you know, natural you know natural informal uprights. Even up to the big windswept swept and um, cas- wind-swept and cascading trees at the tree line, the high and the parviflora, you ha- you did everything. Mm-hmm. So it was they were great to learn on. And if you're at you know a shop that just specializes in certain things, you don't get you know you doing. Uh, you know, king or cascade, you know, one day or this tree will lend itself to it. So it was, it was really interesting um, and challenging. Um, but I was really lucky for the Satsuki to be able to wire. Um, you know, we did have a few Shimpaku, not a lot of juniper, really um, just, just a few, uh, mainly Goyomatsu. Or five Japanese five needle pine, and um you know it's really some great deciduous as well um, you know we had all the people come in on the weekends, and Sunday was the busiest and um, we had five fishing ponds. So, people could come and go fishing for Yamame trout, carp. And we even had, you know, uh, carp, because I guess uh, carp bones are like potato chips, I found out. Um, I had no idea. Yeah, neither did (laughs) I. So, you could, we had a, a, a fire pit, covered fire pit, where you could have your. Uh, fish you just caught, cleaned out, put on a serpentine on a skewer, and we would cook it for you, or we would put them in a bag with salt, and you could take them home. And um, my job on Sunday was to gut fish for uh-huh. our customers, right. our guests. And I got very good at it. But that was, um, you know, what I the price I paid. You know, it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, to prove that I wanted to be there. Yeah. And so my my Sundays at the uh, at the fishing pines was, I still have nightmares.
0: A little bit of a low point. It was <laughs> In your uh, weekly routine <laughs> as an apprentice. Yes, you know, it's like,
1: you know. And, you know, you get two days off a month, but, you know, Saturday night was not a good night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Going back to battle. Yeah. Well, let me ask you something, because um, one of the things that I find particularly interesting and inspiring, and, and you, you took us around the, not the entire Isley property, but I mean, we're, we're here on location at Isley Nursery. And, in Boring, Oregon. And you're showing us all of this. And as you're taking us around, the thing that kept coming to mind is like, well, you know, Joe Harris was a huge name as I was coming up in bonsai and bonsai today. You were, you know, at conventions and you were a demonstrator and you were somebody that had studied in Japan and when you went to Japan, you're talking about Russell Coker having already been at the Kanuma Shizen Bonsai uh, Park, right? Yes. Um, were there a lot of other people from the United States or the West in general that were studying bonsai at this time?
1: Uh, not to my knowledge. There oh. were... Um, I remember there were... There were... I believe there was someone from Huntington at Monsey Inn for a few months at the time. Uh, Bobby was at Chikafu Inn. Bobby who? Uh, uh, -er, -er. Moeller.
0: Uh-huh. I've heard the name. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah,
1: um, And Bobby was at Chikafu Inn with Mr. Suda. Um, And I think that was the tail end of when I was here. I I know I left before Bobby had come back. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he went to Brooklyn Botanical okay. when he came back. Okay. Okay. Um But I, I, I never, I was at Chickafu and I never got to see him um, when I was there. But no, there weren't. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, I, I still have my passport where my visa the council general in New Orleans wrote to study bonsai, hand, handwritten. <laughs> and I got to. Uh, Remember the first time I went to Tokyo immigration, and you know had the stack of papers from the uh, company's lawyer, and and they looked at the visa, and that wasn't a, a valid reason right. for the visa. But so the foreign office got it was it it took hours, but they finally said, okay, he's you, know, you can. You can have a cultural visa, right? And, um,
0: you know. That was the beginning of the Bunker Katsudo visa. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's the no, <laughs> that's the visa that I coveted so yeah, much when right. I was there. Every yeah. year was yeah. like, are they gonna give me another, another year to like idea. study? Is yeah, this gonna just,
1: yeah, new extension? Yeah. Um
0: so you didn't have anybody you weren't in the United States working with Russell saying, I wanna be like I want to be like that person or were you was John Naka that person was Mary, Mary, I mean, cause you, yep. you have these relationships with people that are, are, are fictitious personalities now, you know, like right. you're a real bridge to a generation that has, has passed, you know, Mary passed away last year and it's just like, it was one of the, one of the, you know, many reasons that I wanted to talk to you because yeah, you were also in Japan during the bubble period, which, which not, not many people know about that. Um,
1: that was it. Was amazing. I I saw things that were you know I I still don't really believe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I I had everything John Naka did ever published, and and um, I wanted to, you know I think i you know maybe I guess deep down I always really wanted to be to be expert in it to be to do a you know not maybe as a professional but to to um be an artist uh i think i did um but yeah the opportunity to go to japan when it was offered to me and me not having to you know to um beg and and compete to get in mm-hmm. uh to an apprenticeship um i'd it was luck i, I, w- I was very lucky um, you know it was pinching myself um, but it was um, it was a it was a hard time yeah um, you know aside from the uh the fish processing duties um, you know when i was you know i was a <clears throat> 20 years old, from Tennessee, had never been to a foreign country, uh, was not, didn't know the language. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had, you know, thousands of people coming through the park. I was watering bonsai. People were pointing, gawking. Yeah. Um, That was tough. Um, But you got used to it. You know, it you, used kn- to be you, know yeah, you you know, yeah, you know, you were a attraction at, at, you know, um, I like to say zoo animal, but you know, it was just a, it was uh, something different for the park. Um, so I played it, you know, I played the role. Once I, you know, got my feet on the ground, I knew what what to do. Um, but. You know, just the day to day. You know, we'd water for six, seven hours a day, and then I would come back, and you know, after dinner I would go to the workshop and I'd wire, and I would work on whatever trees were given to me, and you know, sometimes for days, and then I would go off and water. And come back, and there was the tree that hashimoto son had looked at, and there was a pile of branches that he cut off. And he had changed, you know, what needed to be changed. And I would have to take the wire off and look and figure out, you know, why did I do what I did? what you know why was it wrong how to prevent from doing it again which was I was slow to pick up on and uh you know so that was that was the grading system and um you know very rarely would it's but if I was going to make a really big mistake I would be stopped but it wasn't really instruction that you know steel technique that was there was no um he wasn't kidding and so as the piles got smaller you know things got better Mm -hmm. but um the first couple of years were pretty tough Um,
0: was he harsh was he a harsh teacher
1: he was a very hard person um he was but he was fair Um, I was lucky in that respect. He, you know, he had studied in Omea. He, he stayed at, um, uh, GGN. I think he was there for 11 years. So he stayed on to help the family. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he had, it actually is kind of an interesting story. When he left, he, had, he was back, he was originally from Tochingi Prefecture, and he, was, he would help a friend, he wired trees for a friend, and they ended up at a cultural center uh, shop, and Mr. Okaku saw the wiring and said, who wired this? And that's how Hashimosun got his job with mm-hmm. Gekon as Mr. Okaku saw the, the level of
0: technique. And who, when hired him, who, uh, where, what garden in omiya did he come from?
1: Uh, uh, GGN. It's, GGN. Who
0: is the proprietor of that?
1: Hirosue. Okay. So, Mister um, uh it was. It's no longer uh, in Omiya. It was. It moved to uh, Fukuya mm-hmm. in Saitama Prefecture, Fukuya. That's a hard name for me to say. Yeah. Um, and I'd actually, I'd actually got to go to uh, the nursery in Fukiya uh, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that later, but the, um uh, uh, Hirosue was a unique guy, but he was an early apprentice of Mr. Hamano, the GGN. Oh, wow. So, and, um,
0: that's kind of where this comes from. Um, okay. So Hirosue was one of the early apprentices of Hamano. Hamano was also the master of Masahiko Kimura and Shinji Suzuki. Yeah. Okay.
1: And, um, so, um, you know, the technique, um, you know, was, you know, the wiring, you know, Kide, you know, you, you use as little wire as possible to get the job done. You put it on correctly, Mm. you know, it's, uh, you know, different. Shops had different levels of, you know, cleanness, tidiness. And um, so he was um, meticulous. Uh, But um, actually, um, Hirosue married Mr. Hamano's sister. And I got to meet her. She was, I mean, probably in her 90s. I got to meet her. Oh, it's probably been 20 years now. Yeah, probably 20 years ago. And we went to the shop, and um, it was closed. It everything had been sold, and it was probably an acre of empty benches. It was kind of a kind of a spooky spooky time. Yeah, Yeah, ghost town vibe. Um, But um, yeah, really great. You knew they were great people, mm-hmm. um, but I remember uh, Missus Hirosue Heros- came. It took her a long time to get down the hall, and and Ashmo's son introduced me, and and uh, he, you know, got out. You know, barely got out that he's yeah studied with them, and. And she said, what? Nihongo? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which was hysterical because hashimoto son was not, um, you know, he was quiet, reserved. And so it was, it, you know, I knew what she meant, but it was it's just,
0: she was poking fun at him that he was even speaking at all uh, kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Um, but, um, uh, yeah, so it was great. And, you know, and the connection was really neat. Um, you know, the, Iran with the you know the old guild in omiya Um, and this pot's a commemorative, uh, Suturan pot that Hashimoto son gave me when he was last here, um, early two thousands. He brought that over to pass on to me. Wow. Um, so that was you know. Can I, so, can I pick that up? Is oh, that yeah. okay? This is a koyo, and cool. it's got the. uh, Suturon, ah, uh stamp on it. Very cool. Um, I was talking to Ryan Bell in Mississippi, um, and I'd ask him about the maker again because you know, Koyo that doesn't really look like a, a Koyo pot, and uh, it's kind of a unique uh, pot. And he had just gotten an inquiry about the guild mark Mm -hmm. on another pot from someone so he he had forgotten the name so he was saying you know yeah just saw this um but this is a black coating on the clay this is actually a white clay
0: okay the standard koyo clay Clay, yeah yeah. sure
1: and so at the time you know the darker glazes were popular so they put this black coating on to get Hmm. it was you know Uh, just a a way to do, to get something in the, in the glaze. Um, So, um, you know, so going back, you know, kind of reeling this back in so the you know, when you say, ask if he was harsh, you know, he, the, the, the apprenticeship that he went through, was nothing like what I got through. You know, yeah. it was. You know, it. Um, and he wasn't going to give up the knowledge. He was. You know, I I had to earn this. Yeah. And um. Uh. Yeah. So it was it was old school traditional. Yeah. Um, and he was. Oshimota-san, he was active in the Kodokami, the professional guild in Tochigi Prefecture. He was a member of Waino Bonsai Kai. Um, you know, so he was in the, in the top tier, um, but he was reserved. He was not a big fan of how things were going in the bubble. You know, um, it moved away from the tree to who owned the tree mm-hmm. to what award it went, uh, it won to how much more it was worth now. Right. <clears throat> and just that exploitation of not really the tree, but of maybe of the customer. Right. You know, it was, um, I had to drag him to shows and beg him to go to, Sakafuten or coca Futen. um so he he was um you know very hard in that he um he really cared for bunsa so um and you could i mean you could tell he um he took off uh work to go help um his teacher, uh, who passed away when I was in Japan. Um, and then to help the family. He was a, a dear family friend of um, the Yoshimura's. Um, there were names that I couldn't mention when I was there. Um, and he would take off three days or so a month to go to Tokyo to help the younger son with trees. You know, they, they had trees that were ancient. Um, you know, Mr. Yoshimura's father was a samurai, uh, really important trees. And so, um, you know, he did a lot. He helped a lot of people.
0: And when you say Yoshimura, this is Yuji Yoshimura's father. father. Yes. And Yuji Yoshimura's grandfather was samurai. Yes. Yeah.